As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. Loneliness is a big issue in my community when you are middle-aged and your kids are either near leaving the house or they've left the house. It'd be one thing if you're divorced and you're still having a child in the home, right? You still have the noise, you still have the busyness, but you take that out of the equation and you no longer have your partner and it can be incredibly overpowering in terms of just the feeling of loneliness and a little bit of the desperation that kind of comes into play. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy you're here. And I'm so happy we have today's guest on because I've been following him around like little puppy dog begging and it the stars finally aligned as they needed yes. to, because we've both had a lot going on. And we have round of applause, everybody, or drum roll, Daniel Harold from Divorce Over 40. He is one of the leading male voices in the divorce industry right now on social media. He's where I send everybody when they say, where can I get a man's perspective? Or there are there any guys that do what you do? And he really speaks to the over 40 crowd, which I haven't yet been able to do since I was in my early thirties when I got separated. Daniel, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. I know we've tried to line this up for many months. And yes, so I'm like, a huge follower of what you do. And it's so funny because I do get a lot of people that follow me that have followed you and they love you. They speak so highly of the work that you're doing. So I'm honored to be on your show. Well, I'm honored you're doing what you're doing and I'm honored you're you're here. And I truly think it takes a village, right? Like I can only speak to what I know, which is having become a divorced woman as a young mom with a two-year-old and going through that and how hard that was. But you're speaking to an entirely different population of people and we need multiple voices out there. That's why I think it's so great that you're one of them. It's interesting because as I've gotten into this kind of industry where I kind of call myself a little bit more of a blogger than really an expert or a coach, um, how many good people there are out there that serve this community and you know the divorce population if you look at statistics i think there's over 20 million divorced men and women between the ages of 35 to 65 20 to 25 million it's a big number it's a lot of people that need to get served and there are some great people out there so i'm just glad that we're playing a role it's been nice to meet so many good people that like yourself like susan guthrie i mean you can 
name the list of all the people that are that have servant hearts, right? And they really want to, you know, cast their message of what they went through, what we all went through, what we learned from the process. Well, we don't want you to follow because we all made our mistakes. Yeah. And um, it's fun to be part of the industry. And I love that we're all like, we've all gone through it in our own ways at different times of our lives. And we've all come out the other side, but the other side looks so different for all of us. Like if you talk to Kate Anthony, what, what her feeling healed or coming out the other side means to her, for me, it's something different for all of us. And I think that shows that there's no one size fits all model to this whole divorce thing. And there's so many ways to skin this cat, but tell us a little bit about your divorce, I guess. I mean, how you got here. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny because some of my close friends, my co-founders say that I had the unicorn divorce, which I didn't know. That's almost like an oxymoron to have unicorn and divorce in the same, uh, sentence. But, um, you know, I was, you know, just like a lot of people in the, in kind of the, the middle part of the United States, um, you know, I dated, my ex-wife all through college. And, you know, what do you do? You get married right out of college. So at 22, 23 years old, I was getting married, not really having a clue, you know, had my, got my first job and, you know, and thrust into now cohabitating with someone and not really having figured anything out. And so, um, which that's just the way of life. And so I did that and we had our first child within two years of being married. So you know, by 25, 26 ish, I was, I was a dad and then had two more before the age of 30. So, you know, as you know, when you start having kids, you know, not only do you have financial burdens and you just get busier. I mean, I'm trying to build my career and raise kids. And, you know, I think that what broke down was that we just stopped investing in each other. We just got so busy with life, career, kids, uh, we didn't look at each other and say, what are we doing to, to keep this muscle in shape? And we drifted. And I think that um, when you drift, when certain, you know, everybody has trials in their lives. And so when trials occur in your life and you're not aligned very well, it makes it, it exacerbates it, it makes it harder. Absolutely. And we just kind of got to a point uh, where we really were just both very unhappy in our marriage and kind of had to sit down. I think both of us maybe subconsciously were thinking, well, when the kids get out of high school, maybe there's a decision point, but I think that, and I give credit to my ex I mean, she's like, I, I want to be happy. I, I, we've got to change something. And so uh, my kid, two of my kids were still in high school. We, I decided to separate and um, we realized really quickly that it's what we wanted to do and, and had a very, you know, a 90 day divorce. I mean, we sat down, we discussed finances, we agreed on everything in a matter of an hour and a half. And that's not to say that it wasn't difficult, but we had a very amicable um, divorce. We still, I always question when people say, well, I'm best friends with my ex because um, (laughs) I, I always am like, are you really? I mean, we have a good, we have very good communication. I respect her. She's a great mom. We do, we co-parent really well, but I think both of us are happier. I really believe that. Um, and so that was three years ago. And so that's kind of my divorce story. That's incredible that you were able to amicably sort of sit down and say, this isn't working. 
because my experience and, and the women that I work with have kids who are sometimes just infants, what was it like for your daughters? And I, I see you post them all the time. They're beautiful and they seem like they're thriving and wonderful. What was it like for them at that time? You know, if there, that's a great question. If there's anything that I would tell any, uh, anyone going through a divorce is whether it is an incredibly toxic divorce uh, or whether it's smooth sailing, that doesn't mean that you're not going to still have the same emotions that you're going to go through. It's, it's a trauma, right? It's a trauma on your kids. And so even though I remember one time we had just a big blowout with one of our kids and my ex asked me to come over to her house to deal with one that was kind of lashing out. And we went over there and somehow we got into the topic of, of the divorce. I think we were either, yeah, we had just divorced. And uh, I don't know if it was me, it probably was me because I'm a guy and I make stupid comments, but I'm like, you know, this we did everything the right way. You know, this was picture perfect. And she goes, yeah, dad, but that still doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. Oh. And I still didn't feel the emotions and the sadness of it. And it just like was like this uh, two by four slapping me up on the head saying, you know, even though we did it the right way, it probably made it a little bit easier on our kids, but it was still hard. And it was hard for our kids for a season, for sure. And I love that you're bringing that up because so many people, more more people than not who are listening to this, don't have that unicorn divorce and are going through a toxic one and wish that it could be more amicable. But anybody listening, see, it just goes to show that no matter how good or how easy a divorce is still a divorce. It's still a loss for your kids. They still have to process it regardless. And sure, it's nice when everyone's nice, but either way, our kids are going to feel something. So I think that that helps normalize for a lot of women listening. I think it took probably, someone told me, you know, give it a year. And from the point in which the decree is signed and your life, your life and your outlook on life will be so much better. And I don't know why they gave me that rule of thumb, but it really kind of turned out, you know, about a year after the divorce papers were signed, as I was kind of canvassing, how is my ex doing? How, how all three of my kids were doing? It's like, we almost had gone through the mourning process. We had healed and we were, everything was kind of on the upward tra trajectory. And that's how it felt. It took time. So it's not, it wasn't like it was three months and your kids are back to normal. And my, all my kids were in their, you know, 17, 16 at the time to 20. So you would think with the busyness that teenagers have and teenagers tend to be selfish and they're that, that, that it wouldn't phase them as much, but it did, it hurt. And so, but they're all doing great right now, which is good. That's amazing. What did you do to help them through it? Did they do therapy or were you guys just really in tune with their feelings and open and honest about communication? I think all three of us are, if there was one thing that my ex and I were very aligned with was if the kids needed help, they needed someone to talk to that we wanted to create that opportunity. And so I think at one stage, all three of them saw a therapist uh, that was a good friend of, of both of my exes and ours. And I think that helped kind of process things to Kids may process with other kids, but I think processing things with an adult, an expert, I think really helped them. And for me, I, you know, just like any typical guy where you, we always have a tendency, our default is to fix things, right? Mm -hmm. There's a problem, let's fix it. But I learned pretty quickly, even in my marriage, 
but I also learned with my kids, just raising three girls, I kind of knew at this point, I was well-trained to know, you know what, it's better just to be empathetic than try to fix things. Mm-hmm. And you learn that if you're a dad of a three-year-old, you're still going to be in the fixed mode. But when you get through so much in life, you kind of figure out, I just need to be there to say, I'm sorry, to be empathetic, to support them and not try to come in and solve all their problems. And so for right. me, it was just being accessible. Right. That's such a difficult like pill to swallow as a parent, right? Because you want to fix everything for them, but they also have to learn how to fix things themselves and um, regulate their own emotions. So I can see where that's hard with a teenager because teenagers are feeling so many things all the time. And again, like my daughter being two, it was like, she didn't know from marriage, divorce, who's in the house, who's not in the house. She was, she wasn't paying attention to that. But a question I get asked a lot and why I direct people to your Instagram account and your community is, you know, people will say, I think it's amazing that you've created this. And there's so many moms that are able to connect and who have little kids and really understand each other. But I'm in my forties. I feel so lonely. People I know have been married for years and years and years. Even if they're not happy, they're still with their spouse. And I just can't seem to find the light on the other side of this. Loneliness is a big issue in my community when you are middle-aged and your kids are either near leaving the house or they've left the house. It'd be one thing if you're divorced and you're still having a child in the home, right? You still have the noise, you still have the busyness, but you take that out of the equation and you no longer have your partner and it can be incredibly overpowering in terms of just the feeling of loneliness and a little bit of the desperation that kind of comes into play. And um, that really wasn't why we created Divorce Over 40, but as we soon discovered that that was what drove people to our community, we realized that friendships are such a big component of the healing process as you're navigating or Mm post-divorce. And you lose so many of your friends when you get divorced. That's regardless of your age, you lose friends when you get divorced. You can be 25 and get divorced and you lose your couple friends, 35, 45, 55, and you lose a big section of those, not to mention the friends that you do have. Many of them have not experienced a divorce and they just aren't as empathetic uh, in terms of the things that you need. And so what we realized is divorced people are attracted to other divorced people because they're empathetic, they get it, they've been there. And we've created this platform where we're going to create an opportunity, make it really easy for you to make friends. So you don't have to sit there and, you know, dwell on loneliness and what people do, Michelle, when they're lonely is they jump into dating way too early, way too early. That's how they fill the void. I'm lonely. I don't feel attractive. I don't feel wanted. Let's jump on the dating apps and let's start jumping into that toxic pool and, and try to fill that void. And that almost always backfires. So this is a healthy alternative. We're going to create a platform for you to cultivate new friendships that are going to be kind of like-kinded. Yep. I think that's so special because what you realize is when you, when you do find the connection in the friendships or in the therapy groups or whatever it is that you're doing, that it's not a a romantic relationship you need. It's just to feel seen and heard and validated. And that goes so much further, I think, in somebody's healing process than 
somebody just loving them again, because that's, that's what they thought they might need. I think that's so great that you're saying that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. We were at just a funny, quick story. We were, there's about five, six or seven divorced friends of mine. We were doing something to, to prepare for a divorced over 40 party. And we were packing some gifts or something. And one of them started talking about just a co-parenting issue. And I was just kind of sitting back listening and everybody's nodding their head and affirming this lady that was frustrated with her ex-husband. And I just started laughing. I was like, you wouldn't be able to accomplish this type of conversation with anybody else unless you're in a group of divorced men or women. Yeah. And I was like, this is why it's appealing to people is that they can talk about these things, these frustrations and people on the other side of the coin are going to be like, yep, I've been there. I've, I get it. It's very affirming. It makes you feel like, okay, I'm not just like out there on an island by myself. So I don't know if you know yet, but I went ahead and did a thing. I wrote myself a little book and it's going to be available to all of you in January of 2022. That's just a few months away. And I am so excited for you to be able to get your hands on it. It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict and Becoming Your Best Self. Now, I bet you're wondering what it's all about. That's a great question. It's pretty much like a what to expect when you're getting divorced, a how-to guide for moms, if you will. Here's what the professionals say. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who has been through it and has come out the other side. Through Michelle's guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mother, and shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self. From co-parenting to dating as a single mother, you'll learn how to truly move on and create the life you deserve. Yes, you will. Ladies, check it out now on my website, momsmovingon.com, and you can pre-order it so you can be the first to get your hands on it. Back to jumping into relationships. You've become somewhat of like a dating expert. Like you're, you're doing these videos and I'm, and I'm seeing everything that you post and I can't imagine how helpful this is for the people in your community. What is it like dating over 40, getting back out there again, trying to find another partner? Tell us about that. Cause I know you oh my gosh, are in a relationship. That could be a, uh, that could be a podcast in itself. Um, I think, you know, as I look back, I'm trying to, um, demonstrate to my community things that I did that were wrong that are very that are very prevalent in the dating pool today for example jumping into dating way too early when you, mm-hmm. you know, I I started dating when I was separated now we had discussed this with with my ex so it wasn't like I was doing something behind her back but it was way too early for me to even think about dating, let alone get into a relationship. And but so, can we talk about one thing for a second? Because I wrote about this in my book. I agree. It's there. It's, it's a slippery slope to jump in too soon, but you come out of this often loveless marriage. Nobody's touched you. You haven't felt desirable in years. And you're kind of wondering like, do I still have it? Do I not? Can I test the waters just to see? I mean, can you relate to that? Because I certainly felt that way. Well, you think about it when you're going through your divorce, like you said, usually the sex is gone or it's near gone. Right. Um, so you're not experiencing the physical attraction of someone, but also you're beat up. Your self-worth is like that. 
Yeah. And you just don't, you, you lack confidence and you just don't feel like you're worth much. And you jump on the apps and you start to have all these people tell you how handsome you are, how beautiful you are. And they start to flirt with you. And all of a sudden, and that all that oxytocin starts to release in your body, all that feel good. You're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I'm a big advocate that dating is a great way as part of your healing journey. It should be part of it. It just, it's more of when you do it, because Mm -hmm. we all tend to do it for way too early, either to receive that affirmation or that adoration. And we're still healing. We're still a mess. And so all it's going to do, it's really not fair for the people that we're engaging with, or if we're healed and to be engaging with people that aren't ready, because it ends up, it's in most cases, a crash and burn. It's always toxic when you're not aligned in terms of where you are in your journey. And that's the problem is you, it's hard for you when you're engaging with someone to discern or figure out where are you in your stage? Have you healed? Um, You know, are you a better version of yourself? You know, and what I've tried to do is I'm trying to help particularly women. Hopefully I also get the message across to men as far as what are the signs? What are the cues that you need to read upon to say, that's not someone that I need to be engaging with because of this behavior, they're not ready, whatever that might be looking for those cues. Yeah. Well, I mean, psychologically, when it's too soon, you're, you're likely attracting the same exact person because it feels comfortable, even if it's completely unhealthy and toxic and you don't realize it at first. And that's, that's where we crash and burn. Like you said, I'm always reminded of a client I had about a year and a half ago who was coming out of a horrible thing, like physically abusive, emotionally abusive. There was infidelity two sessions in and she's still, you know, reeling and we're trying to work through the pain. And by the third session, she was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? She's like, I met the one. I'm like, really? I'm it's him. It's him. This is the guy. Like, this is why I had to get divorced. This is the guy. And I'm like, sitting there, you know, it's not my job to judge, just my job to coach. Okay. So how do you know he's the one? And anyway, she's like, I know I paid you for a package. It's all good. I'm good. Um, okay. So, all right. Completely forgot about her. A couple months ago, she came out of the woodwork. Hey, do you think we could finish that package now? I'm like, (laughs) what's going on? And she was like, yeah, that guy was not the one. He was basically my ex-husband, like in a different outfit. And I'm like, okay, you know, but you have to go through that to learn sometimes. And it's totally normal. Like I have to normalize how much you want to feel loved and desired after a divorce. Like that's, that's an okay feeling too. I think everybody has to go through that journey to discover what to avoid, where you tend to kind of lean towards uh, who you're attracted to, et cetera. Where the problem is, is that so many men and women get so disenfranchised with the toxicity and the lack of integrity and character that people have on the dating apps and dating in general, that it just turns them off to where they just can't maintain a good, healthy attitude towards dating. And so um, they just dive way too deep and get burned too many times to where they just become, and then it becomes an issue because you might have this really healthy, perfect person that's done all their work and they're excited and ready for the next chapter of their life, but they have such a bad attitude about dating that they're not even going to be able to attract 
someone that's equally as healthy as them and at the same stage of life because of the attitude. And so sometimes it just requires people when they get to that level, just to take a break, Mm -hmm. take a season off of dating and really focus on yourself and don't go back into dating until you have the right attitude. So you've heard this. Oh my gosh. I'm about to get back on the dating apps again. Uh, oh, let's see what you know what happens. And I'm like, well, you don't have the best good attitude to begin with. You shouldn't even be getting back on the apps. Right. Yeah, it has definitely has to be something you're excited for. I remember my brother came down for a visit about six weeks after I separated and was like, this is ridiculous. You can't sit at home every night. You're young. You're beautiful. I'm making you a profile. And I was like, eh. and I just sat there like, no. No, definitely no. What am right. I doing? And you you really have to be excited about the experience. So you met somebody. I did, yes. What is it like after all the years you were with one person to now rediscover love again in your 40s, knowing exactly who you are? That must feel real good. Well, there's a, there's a oh my gosh, it's, it's really incredible. Um, I've really met a unicorn. I believe she's a unicorn. Um, and I better be a unicorn to her as well, but, um, I'm sure you are, <laughs> you know, um, here's a big takeaway from my story. So I created this divorced over 40 community and we started creating all of these social activities that were purely platonic cookouts, happy hours, dinners, people were coming over to a friend's house and everybody potlucks, you know, type of stuff. And you start meeting all these people and, there's no pressure because you're not looking for a phone number. You're not looking to date someone. And so my, my circle of friends started growing because every week, a new group of people would show up. And I started to get more excited and more engaged about being social and making friends than I did dating. I was confident in myself. I loved the direction in which I was going. And I think that's an important distinction is, is when you feel confident and happy in yourself to where a plus one is just icing on the cake, but the cake's already there. Mm-hmm. Then you're ready. Totally. Then you're ready. If you're constantly thinking about where am I going to find this person and you know, how long is it going to take? And oh my gosh, my biological clock's going is ticking. Um, you're not ready inside then. You're just you're you think that a one a person's going to complete you, you need to be completed and complete in the first place. And so I was there, I was there. I was like, this is fun. I was still dating, still in the apps, playing around. And this woman was invited to this cookout because uh, she was, had just finalized her divorce. And one of my friends who was a friend of her said, you know, you ought to come because this is a safe space. This is a place where friends just hang out and it'll give you a different social group that you can kind of get to know a lot of people that have gone through the divorce. And so, um, so I'm actually, um, I'm actually practicing what I don't preach is that, so I met her and we just hit it off and she wasn't looking and I wasn't looking. Um, but I started pursuing her and, you know, I, and, and I, you know, we were very direct and open up front. I, I understood where she was. I was like, and I actually, probably was a little bit over the top with her. And I said, you know, you're not ready. You just got divorced. You need to be taking your time. And I'm certainly not looking for a relationship because I'm in a good spot, but, but uh, let's continue to date. We'll just kind of date casually. And, um, you know, three months later, we were like, we're crazy for each other. So, um, 
So there's a lot of things that I did that I probably would have done differently when I courted her um, now in perspective, but. Um, but hey, it worked out. It did work out. And, and, you know, that's what a lot of people argue with me about. Well, I'm ready to date and I just got divorced. And I always say, OK, well, it's it depends on the person. It depends on the work that they've done. Rule of thumb is it's not good practice because you probably haven't healed. But there's exceptions to every rule. And so she was an exception. She had had already mourned that loss and it was already on her way to healing. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a really good feeling when you find someone that aligns with you in so many different ways. And when you weren't looking for it, when it just kind of in an organic way, yeah. which everybody wants happened. So it's, it's, it's been great. Well, I love that you have that. And I love that our listeners can hear about this because it does happen. I met my now husband organically and everything you're saying, I can say same. And it happens because I was so focused on everything else. It didn't become, you know, I was somebody who could never be alone. I always had to go from relationship to relationship. And I was finally at the place where like, I was okay with it just happening whenever I was confident it would happen again. I didn't, I didn't need to like force it. And, and that truly is when the magic happens. So tell us more about the divorced over 40 community. Cause you guys do like a lot of cool shit all over the place. Yeah. We, um, you know, what started out originally as just a way, an outlet for us to kind of share our experiences. We had this group of four or five people that kind of created this community, uh, mostly on social media to just kind of share our divorce story, turned into a community that's, you know, almost 12,000 people across the world that's growing where- Unbelievable. And we just listened to our audience. And so initially our audience was like, oh my gosh, it's great to hear to get validated on the the feelings and the emotions that I'm going through, you're telling us how you went through it. But then people were like, I want to hang out. You know, they started to see us have these events, these little social cookouts. And they're like, can you invite me? And we realized, okay, well, people want events. They want cookouts and happy hours. And so we started to put together events in Tulsa. And then people from out of town said, well, first of all, we were at a happy hour. I went to go meet three ladies. I said, where do you live? Oh, we drove from Oklahoma City two and a half hours away to come to a happy hour. And the light bulb went off and it's like, you're driving two and a half hours for a happy hour. And so that's when we started growing outside of Tulsa. We opened a Oklahoma City chapter and then a Chicago chapter and then a Miami chapter and then a New York chapter. And, you know, we're probably 40 to 45 chapters across the United States where all at different levels of growth. But, um, yeah, we're just, you know, our audience early this year said we want a vacation. Can you put together a divorced over 40 vacation? We did a Mexico vacation and had 60 people come. And so That's great. Just, and it it's just great. to hang out and chill. There's no like educational component. It's just take a load off. Come enjoy. I love that. So um, I went to a funeral yesterday for someone in our community that had some mental I, health mental health yeah, issues. You told me about that. And, I'm so sorry to hear. Um, I drove down to Dallas for the funeral, and there were 25 people from the divorced over 40 community that came that were wow. his friends. And his sister got up to kind of share her eulogy of him, and she said, "I last October I went to visit him." And he lit up 
and started talking about this divorce community that he was a part of, that he finally felt like he had found his place. And it kind of gets me emotional because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what we're creating. We are creating a, a purpose for people, for people to find a place. And that's why we keep doing it. That's beautiful, Daniel. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm so sorry about the loss in your community. And I know how much it rattled you. And I think though, it's a testament to how strongly connected everybody feels in your community that they're able to to step up and be there for one another. So that's beautiful. If you are divorced and over 40, you must go check out this community. There's a beautiful website. There's resources. There are even book recommendations. Um, Daniel, you'll put mine on there, right? Cool. Oh, Thanks. Yeah. Good talk. Um, how else? Can I want the first connect? copy, by the way. I want it sent. I'll get you one. I have a whole <laughs> closet full of them. Um, where can people connect with you if they have more questions or want to learn more about you? Well, we have uh, the best way is probably to go if you go to our website, which is divorcedover40.com. Um, you can find all of our social channels. Instagram is probably where we um, push out most of our content. Facebook I love your is, Instagram. Oh, thank you. Facebook actually is where the community engages. We've got a great, across, you know, you can find virtually every city, plug in, start engaging with people in your community. Um, and we have about five or 6,000 people that are across our Facebook channels. Um, and then I write separately. And you can find me at, at daniel.herald on Instagram is kind of where I write. And then I'm all over the place, you know, on Clubhouse. And t- I just discovered TikTok. And I'm crazy about that. Ooh, I'm going to follow yeah. you. Oh, my gosh. Right. It's crazy. So it's fun. Yeah, you can follow me there. Well, you guys, you, you now know um, who the guru is for Divorce Over 40. And I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really, like, say that this is just a beautiful world we've created where we're helping other people feel seen and heard and validated, nothing more important in a divorce. And now you have an extra resource to do so. So for everybody listening, thank you for being here. I hope you found some comfort in this and you will check out the community and join us next time. Thank you so much. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.